0: Tempo
1: tuning in with us. Tammy and I really appreciate it. We know that you could be doing anything this Sunday morning. You could be anywhere, but you decided to be with us, and so we just want to let you guys know that we really appreciate you. Um, As always, we're going to try not to be um, uh, before you uh, too long, but we're going to give you this inspirational message as we have done the past few months um, this first Sunday um, you are still invited to uh, ask questions or make comments um, if you're listening by phone you press the number one um, and we'll pull you in if you are in the chat room you can just type your comments there and we'll read them um, on the air um, or if you're on Facebook Facebook Uh, We can uh, get your questions and comments there um, as well. But, again, thank you guys for tuning in with us. Um, Today we're going to talk about a familiar story. And I talked about this last Sunday at a church here um, in Haymarket, Virginia. And I remember when it was over, one person said to me, they never knew uh, this story was this long. And then another person told me they had never heard this story presented the way that I did, uh, that I did it last Sunday. And so a couple things came to mind, and that is, number one, Sometimes in church, whether you're physically in the church or watching it on TV, listening on the radio, um, you may or may not get the full message, and that is why it is important um, for each and every one of us to have our own study time it is important that we hear the word in church, but it should not end there. It's just like being in school. The kids who tend to be more successful are the ones who get it in the classroom but then practice what they learn outside of the classroom. And so... We have to become um, hearers of the word and doers of the word, just as it states in the Bible. We have to have our own study time. I can tell you that the best thing that ever happened to me um, was when I no longer had the distraction of any human being when it came to me um, learning who God was and learning his word. And so I know that that, that people say um, go to church, go to church, go to church, go to church. But I'm going to say if you if you're going to go to church, get something out of going. And the only way that's going to happen is church can't be the end all for you. You have to have a relationship with God. Because Just like you go to church I guarantee you You can testify to the devil Being in church as well So that's not the end all You have to have a relationship With God In order to grow The other thing is um, The second person When she made The comment to me about never hearing um, The message the way That I put it um, last Sunday Um, the story that is, the only response I had to her was, ma'am, all I did was read the scriptures. And it reminded me of when people say um, God gives everybody a different interpretation. And I would like somebody to show me where that is in the Bible because I've never seen it. I have seen that he gives us a different measure of faith. And I think part of the problem with these interpretations is that people tend to manipulate God's word, manipulate the Bible, to the point where people get confused. To the point where if somebody points out a particular scripture, people people are like, wow, I never knew that was there. Because I even had those experiences. And so, ties back to the first point that I made, and that is, read the Bible for yourself. It's pretty straightforward. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to take anything away from it. Let the words speak for themselves, and let the words speak to you. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started. And... We're going to start with Genesis, the 37th chapter, and it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. My first question to you guys listening, do you love or favor one child over the others? Do you love or favor one employee if you're a boss? Do you love or favor one employee over the others? Do you show favoritism at any time in your daily life? Think about that and what what are the results? Next come now, therefore, and let us and I'm just going through different scriptures. come now, therefore. And let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast have devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. This is Joseph's siblings uh, talking about what they're going to do to him. So my next question is: Who is plotting against you? The next verse we're going to look look at it says, And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. Next question. Who is trying to save you and why? Now, if you go to Genesis, the 45th chapter, it says, whose fault is it? my next question is, whose fault is it that you ended up where you are or where you were? And in Genesis 45, it says, And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, Doth my father yet live? And his brother could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be eerie nor harvest. And God sent me before you to to preserve you in a posterity in the earth. And to save your lives by a great deliverance So now it was not you that sent me hither, to God And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh And lord of all his house And a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt So <clears throat> let's go back to question number one About showing favoritism whether we do it consciously or subconsciously or we whether we know we're doing it or not, I think we need to reevaluate our relationships with people, especially those who are who are under us or who are in our care and when it comes to children, that seems to be the most common. Area of our lives Where where we show favoritism And We know That there is nothing good Coming from showing favoritism Why? Because Whoever You're showing favoritism to Chances are They're going to Grow up spoiled And chances are the, The other children Are not going to like it and it's going to create a division. So it is unwise to show favoritism. And people ask all the time what is wrong with our young people? The answer is simple the older people are what's wrong with our younger people. Because it's not just the young people who are who are doing these things, and for the most part, children will do what you tell them to do and what you allow them to do so it It burdens me to see twelve and thirteen year olds or six-year-olds running their households and running their families, because it is only setting them up for failure. When they get older And they're going to get a nice reality check Called life When they get older But let's go to Genesis 37 um, Verse 3 And it says now Israel loved Joseph more than all His children because he was The son of his old age And he made him a coat of many colors And this coat With many colors Notice it says colors not pieces Because with these colors a, a certain royalty A certain priesthood And You knew That the child Who received this This coat with these many colors um, They would inherit the birthright When the father passed away And so Jacob Gave this Coat to Joseph And so I want you to keep up with the the timeline here, or the pattern here. So this all started from favoritism. And at the and around this time, Joseph is seventeen years old, the Bible says in verse two. So this this whole story, the way it is told in the Bible, is beginning with favoritism. And in verse 4 it says, And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all uh, his brethren. They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. So, as I just said, there's nothing good coming from favoritism. So we go from favoritism shown by the father to one of his sons to now the other 11 hate him. So we go from favoritism to hatred. now, As we continue, you'll see how and why we can't usually solve our problems. Because we can't get to the root of the problem. We want to deal with the other issues, but we can't seem to find the root of the problem. But we know that the root of this problem, favoritism. But now we've moved on from favoritism. Now we've stacked another brick on top of that called hatred. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to told it his brethren, and they hated him yet more. So now there's another brick of hatred, because it says that they hated him the more. Because he had this dream, and he shared it with them, and now they hate him even more. And verse 6, it says, And he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and, lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheath. And his brethren said to him, Shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. So there's even more hatred. There's more hatred now because of this dream. Now, was it wise of Joseph to to share his dream with his siblings, with his brothers who already hated him because of the favoritism his father showed? Probably not the best thing. Probably not wise because you wouldn't share something like that today that you knew hated you. So probably not the best thing. However, God had a plan. And in verse 9, it says, And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. Now, um, if you look at this, uh, when it talks about the sun and the moon and the eleven stars, okay, the Sun here represents Jacob. the moon represents Jacob's wives, and the eleven stars represent his eleven brothers and In verse ten, he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him. so wait a minute, the same man who started all this by showing favoritism now is he wants to rebuke him. How often do you see that in life where parents spoil children, let them get away with things, they laugh, things are funny when the child is two or three, and then when that child gets older and they continue on that path, then the the parents want to get mad. But whatever you allow your kids to get away with, The first time you got to let it go the second time The third time or you're going to have some problems Jacob could have avoided all of this By not showing favoritism To any one of his kids but he did not And now he wants to Rebuke Joseph Too late now but remember God had a plan And said unto him what is this dream that thou hast dreamed shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves. So that just proves that this that when he referred to the sun and the moon and the eleven stars, that is his father and mother and his eleven brothers, because the father interpreted uh to be to be the same. Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brother his brethren envied him. So now tag that on. So if we were drawing a diagram, you'd have favoritism on the bottom. Then you, have, you would have three levels of hatred, and now we could add envy to the top of it. And his brother envied his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. So even though his father rebuked him, his father was paying attention to what he was saying. And his brethren went to feed their Father's flock in shechem and, and and this just talks about verses twelve through seventeen just talk about um them going out and and doing their daily work basically with, uh with feeding the um, the flock but if you drop down to verse eighteen this is where the where the next part comes in who is plotting against you and in this case, it was his own brothers. Think about your life. Who do or where do most of your plots come from? The people who are closest to you or the people you barely talk to, the people you barely know. So is it your family and friends or or is it the strangers? Who's plotting against you? And in this case, it's Joseph's brother's. It says, and when they saw him afar off Even before He came near unto them, they conspired Against him to slay him And they said one to another Behold this dreamer coming So add this to the mix now They don't even call him by his Name anymore They didn't say, here comes Joseph They didn't say Here comes our brother Now they're calling out of his name Here comes this dreamer So Favoritism led to hatred. That led to more hatred. That led to more hatred. That led to envy. Now they don't even want to call him their brother. Now he's just a dreamer. Verse 20, now come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into some pit and we will say some evil beasts have devoured him. And we shall see what will become Of his dreams And Reuben heard it and he delivered him Out of their hands and said Let us not Kill him now why does Reuben Have this change Of heart Why does Reuben not want to kill him Why does Reuben want to save his brother Well the Bible doesn't Really say but if you go back to Genesis 35 Verse 22 It says, and it came to pass when Israel dwelt in the land, and we know that Israel is Jacob. Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were 12. So could it be that Reuben had already messed up with his father by sleeping with his father's wife and maybe wanted to spare his father any more grief? Could be. But again, God had a plan all along. And remember um, in Romans, I uh, can't remember where it is in Romans. i got it written down somewhere. Um, but remember in Romans, it says, all things work together. To the good of those who love the lord And are called according to his purpose So Romans 8 Thank you to my lovely Wife <laughs> looking out for Looking out for her husband Romans eight twenty eight. It says All things work together to the good of those Who love the lord and are called According to his purpose So if you Love the lord and you are called according to, his purpose, according to his purpose. Excuse me. No matter what happens in your life, good or bad, it's going to all work out for you in the end. So keep that in mind, because remember, through all of this, God had a plan. And it came to pass, we're now in verse 23, and it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, Here's, here's the result of all of that hatred and that envy because of the favoritism. They're so mad they now took this coat off of him because they knew what it symbolized. And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So now these are the results of those feelings. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. So God allowed their hearts to soften just a little bit to where they didn't kill him. They sold their brother. And re- and remember, they just said, after all, he is our brother. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. So he wasn't quite sold for how much Jesus was sold for, but he was sold for 20 pieces of silver. Go to... So we know that Joseph now has been sold. Let's go to uh, chapter 39. So now Joseph is in Potiphar's house. And in verse 3 it says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put in his hand. In the midst of this trial for Joseph, God has blessed him. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored so his father set this whole thing up by showing him favoritism His brothers got so mad with him that they sold him, took his coat, sold him. And not only that, if you go back and read uh, the story, um, they lied to their father about what happened to Joseph. But now he's overseer. And because he's the overseer and because he's favored by God, now the house that he's in is blessed. So in the midst of this terrible situation, being away from his family allowed him to be great. And verse 7, it says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, wadeth not what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So he, he told Potiphar's wife that if he did sleep with her, he wasn't sinning against the wife. He wasn't sinning against Potiphar, but he would be sinning against God. And he couldn't do it. Drop down to verse 14. It says that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. So now he's been lied on. But remember, God had a plan because Joseph was then thrown into prison because of a lie. And the story continues, and he ends up with Pharaoh. And let's go to verse, let's go to chapter 45, and this is where we're going to conclude the text. And remember, the third question that I asked you guys was, whose fault is it that you ended up where you are? Let's see what Joseph said about everything that happened to him. Chapter forty-five. Joseph had already seen his brothers. Uh, they already had the famine in the land, um, and his brother, his brothers, and his father's family—they were all um, struggling and suffering because of this, this famine in the land, and so they had gone um, to get food um and everything and when they got there joseph recognized them but they didn't know who he was and he didn't let them know who he was at first but in chapter 45 he does and he says then then joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him and he cried Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brothers. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard some pretty loud crying. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. So he reminded them of what they did to him, their own brother. For these for these two years has the famine been in the land. So they've had this famine for two years. And yet there are five years into which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. So they got five more years to go. This is what Joseph says in answer to my third question. He said, And God sent me before ye before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you. That sent me hither So whose fault is it that you ended up where you are Or where you were Sometimes it's not the Physical person Who may have done that to you Because remember The Bible says that we wrestle not Against flesh and blood Keep that in mind He said so now it was not You that sent me hither But God, And he has made me a father to Pharaoh And lord of all his house And a ruler Throughout all the land of Egypt Haste ye and go up to my father And say unto him Thus saith thy son Joseph God hath made me lord of all Egypt Come down unto me tarry not Sometimes In our lives we go through things. We we have our trials and we have our tribulations. But the most important thing is, no matter what people do to you, the key is forgiving them. Because it may not have been them who did it to you. It may have been God, because think about this story. God had the foresight. God knew that this famine was coming later in life. He knew that hard times were coming, and at the time that he reveals himself, Joseph is 30, so 13 years passed. From when the story first began When Joseph was 17 And they sold him 13 years passed So God knew That in 13 years And God was setting this up the whole time Even before Joseph was 17 God knew That hard times Were coming And because He loved because he chose to have mercy on his family, he knew that somebody had to go in front of them. Because if Joseph had stayed with his family, he would have never met Potiphar. He would have never met Pharaoh. He would have never been in charge. Because everybody had to see him, if you read the text. When Joseph's brothers showed up, they were told, that they had to go see him. Potiphar told everybody they had to go see Joseph. I mean, not Potiphar, Pharaoh, excuse me, told everyone they had to go see Joseph. But Joseph would have never been in that that predicament. if If we backtrack, he would have never been in that predicament, that position, if Potiphar's wife hadn't lied on him. If he hadn't been able to... Those dreams which we didn't go over But he interpreted Some dreams along the way Because God favored him the whole time But he would have never been in that position Had it not been for being lied on Had it not been for being sold into slavery Had it not been for his Brothers hatred, and envy of him, and if it had not been for the root of all of this, which was his father's favoritism, all of these things had to happen in order for this family to be taken care of during the midst of a famine in the land where there was hardly any food, no food. And think about it. God used his brothers' hatred and envy to bless them. What they thought was hurting Joseph ended up being a blessing to them. So when people do things to you, when people do harm to you, don't be troubled. Because sometimes it is not them Sometimes it might be you But sometimes It might be God Using you to bless Other people When I was 12 years old And my mother decided It was time for me to go At the time Thinking as a child I was I was happy because I was ready to go I was ready to leave Her and I just didn't get along, mostly because of my rebellious ways. However, to this day, I've never been mad at my mother for putting me out of her house when I was two, never mad. And I always said, even when I was younger, that it was God's doing. Because God knew that if I had not left, the things that have happened in my life probably would not have happened. But I was separated from my my brothers and my sister when I was 12. And went to go live with my my dad, my grandmother, my grandfather for about a year. And then my dad and my stepmom, um, who were separated at the time, they ended up uh, getting back together and, When I lived with my mother, I stayed in trouble. Always getting suspended from school, in school detention, after school detention, phone calls home, conduct notices, you name it, it was there. It took a whole lot of time in the principal's office. But when I left my mother's house, things slowly started to change. They didn't change right away. But the Lord allowed me to meet people along the way, and even in bad situations, there's always been sunlight i I got married when I was twenty two dropped out of college, had three semesters ago, dropped out of college. But that situation ended up as bad as it was being a blessing to me. learned a lot about life. That was when I actually learned who God was. I learned a lot about family. And I also learned that you don't always have to say yes. I learned that no matter how nice you are, Want to be mean to you, they're going to be mean, no matter how nice you are. But I was able to take the experiences from my childhood and my young adulthood, and when I graduated from college and got a job as a teacher, I was able to use those experiences in the classroom and still use them to reach young people. So I went from being this troubled kid people thought was going to prison, like my teacher, who my dad saw a few years ago, who asked, what penitentiary is that Rodney Jordan in today? But God had a plan. Even when I dropped out of college, God had a plan. And all of that led me to being teacher of the year my second year and my third year that led me to not knowing anything about coaching basketball, but in middle school winning the championship, three out of the four years I was there. And the two years I was a high school coach, we made it to the state playoffs both years. And the first year, it was the first time the school had gone in its history. I've also been nominated for other awards. I'm now co-hosting the show with Tammy every Monday night. I guess on other radio programs have been on TV. So the point in all of this is don't find it strange when your life takes a turn that you would, that you were not expecting because there is a place that you may have to get to, and you're not going to get to it on the path you're currently on. We want to be great. We want to be successful, but we don't want to pay the price for it. We want to be blessed, but we don't want we don't we don't want to do anything. Joseph ended up being second in command, but look at everything he had to go through to get there. And the people who had done him wrong, he wasn't even mad at them. He was happy to see them. He couldn't do anything but cry. And I like how he said, don't be mad at yourselves. Because, see, when people do you wrong, a lot of times, they're not mad at you. They're mad at themselves. But he told them, don't be mad at yourselves. It wasn't you who did this. God did this. So think about your life if you're listening to this show. Where were you once upon a time? And how did you get from there to where you are now? Is it because of what you did, what somebody else did, or what God did? No matter what, forgive yourself. Forgive others. And thank God for doing the things that He's done in your life. Tomorrow night at nine o'clock PM Eastern time, eight o'clock central, we will be on for our regularly scheduled show. We will put the info out there uh between today and tomorrow. And we hope that you guys will join us. Again, the, the number to dial is eight one eight. Six nine one seven four zero six. this has been our first Sunday inspirational show. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. We hope that you'll come back. Um, I believe the first Sunday in June is June fourth, so we hope that you guys will be with us. We know uh some of the kids will um uh, be out of school um I know in Memphis, where Tammy is, I think, they get out of school before we do. Um, but we get out a little bit earlier this year. The kids' last day the 12th. So we hope that you guys will uh, definitely join us uh June the 4th. We hope that you'll join us tomorrow night at um, 8 Central, 9 Eastern, uh, for our regular scheduled show. Um, again, the number is 818-691-7406. We hope that you... Have a blessed Sunday. Enjoy your time with your family. Uh, If you're working, don't work too hard. If you're going to church, remember what we said at the beginning of the broadcast, and that is it's what you do when you're not in church that's going to determine your future. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. This has been another episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Tammy and I, thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.